What is up, Real Madrid fans? It's Mushtaq. I'm super excited. I'm super amped right now. I'm way too happy after Real Madrid's thumping of Atletico at the Wanda on top of that. It wasn't just at home. It was in their own backyard. The game ended off 3-1. I'm joined alongside Hassan Karim over Skype as we record this podcast. Hassan, describe the game in just one word and shut up. Mauling. Okay, that was literally the worst adjective you could have used. It so wasn't now, mauling. Explain it. Huh? It wasn't mauling. Okay, well, explain why then. Look at the scoreline. No other team's put three goals past Atletico at home this season. That Nobody. Is- Not even Barcelona could do that. And they've got Messi in their team. Yeah, I think it's fair to say uh, Barcelona definitely have more of an attacking prowess than Real Madrid, at least for options and at least on paper. But nonetheless, it was a brilliant game. Um, I, oh, Like I said, I'm just way too excited. Just like even thinking about it, I was on the edge of my seat for most of the match. It was a wonderful game. I think, is it fair to say that this was Real Madrid's most complete performance thus far? Yeah, definitely. I mean, up until the Classico, I said that was the most complete full performance so far. Bard sort of late, sort of mid-half laps in the second half. But this was, they, they were great from start to finish this time. No lapses, so it was just solid. Well, I think I said even in my, in my post-match, the one thing that it seems like Solari and Real Madrid did is looked at the tape from the match against Barcelona, which we both said was a pretty good game figured out where the holes in the Swiss cheese were and filled them all up. And at the end of the day, ended up being a great performance in pretty much every third of the pitch. The back four was superb. Um, I expected nothing less from Danny Carvajal, Sergio Ramos, and Varane. But Reguilon just stood out once again in the third. Casemiro just absolutely bossed it. Don't get me wrong. Cruz was a metronome as he always was. Modric had that sweet through pass ball to Gareth Bale for the third goal of the match. And then up top, you have Vinicius Jr., just a menace on the left wing. Lucas, again, working his ass off. Benzema, sure, he didn't maybe have his best game so far this season. But if you look at what he did on and off the ball, especially in the building up of the play, superb. You just can't really say he did something. Oh, that outside the boot, like crossfield pass that he did. Oh, from Vinicius. I I screamed. I literally screamed. (laughs) And and the thing that really got me is, like, it was two long balls sprayed. So I think it was Modric who just just whacked the ball all the way to the left for Vinicius. Then this kid just gets on his horse, just fires it out, like, leaves flames of grass in his wake. And then it, it seemed very Gareth Bale the way he went outside of the boot on that cross, because I think we've seen Gareth... It was Gareth just disgusting. It was purely disgusting. And the I said it in the group chat, I think I put something along the lines of, if I hope this gets hyped up, because had that been like, say, you know, Lionel Messi or something like that, people would be literally orgasming over that for weeks. <laughs> it would have been all over... Someone would have made, like, one of those graphic compilations on Instagram and Twitter. Gary Lineker would have been licking his fingers. <laughs> I don't know. I think we sound way too over the top right now. But if you haven't seen that pass, please just go look at the full match highlights. I'm pretty sure you can find it somewhere. We're not promoting any illegal viewing or anything like that. But just find it, please. For your own sake, if you're having a not-so-good day, but you want to have a good day, 
just look at that pass. It doesn't matter if you support this Real Madrid team or not or who you are. It's just the technique, the audacity on top of the accuracy. Just disgusting. Like, I don't understand how you could do that. It was, it was, oh God, it was sensational. It was everything. It was literally everything. What, 30 yards maybe? Easily, yeah. And it was just the fact that it was outside the boot as well. And it was ridiculous. It went over two defenders and landed flat right in front of, I think it was Lucas. Yeah, I think Vasquez. He really could have done better with how he received it because he went to just straight hit it, I think. I think he could have taken a touch and then controlled that uh, and carried the move on. Hit it one time because there was too many people oncoming, but... I mean, nonetheless, as uh, Roy Hodgins would say, it was excellent in its failure. Yeah, uh, I can I can go with that. I can go with yeah. that. Moving on to, well, let's just like assess the goals. I think um, the first goal, of course, was scored by Casemiro, channeling that inner Cristiano for a sweet bicycle kick, or maybe a scissor kick. I guess depends which angle you see it from. Uh, to give Madrid the go-ahead goal. It just seemed like the perfect game for Casemiro and then a game that he would score in because he kind of scores in those games where you're not really expecting it. It's almost like you've kind of forgotten about him even though he's getting the job done and he's doing what he needs to do. And then he's like, oh, hey, by the way, guys, I'm still here and here's a goal for you. Yeah, he was uh, he was pretty monstrous in this game, to be honest. Um, I mean, he had a couple of clumsy moments because that's Casemiro for you. That's a typical Casemiro performance when he's done well. <laughs> Plays outstandingly, but occasionally he will have an occasional hiccup. So I was saying on the last podcast when he'll dispossess somebody, it's like he gets excited and then he sort of like forgets what he's doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like he was just defensively, he was a monster. And going forward as well, he was just he was linking play up with the front. I say the whole midfield was particularly outstanding, but. Casemiro put in an all-round performance. I'd say this is probably his best performance of the season by a long way. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. And just to pad your your ideas with some stats for you, he had five tackles, which was the most of any player in this match, along with an interception and a clearance. He was fouled three times. Kind of goes to show you how how much of a pain in the ass he was in the midfield, even though he isn't the attacking midfielder. Like you said, he just distributes the ball with yeah, yeah. pretty pretty good accuracy. Passed with 87%. I mean, and he went 7 for 9 on long balls. Like Fair play. Fair play. That, that's only Sergio Ramos had more. And he tied Luka Modric. Okay, I lied. Tony Cruz. The good thing, if you look at the midfield in general, you got uh, Tony Cruz, who had 8 long balls, 7 for Modric and 7 for Casemiro. A pretty complete midfield performance in, in general, really. You tried adding that up in your head for a second, didn't you? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Honestly, oh I didn't. <laughs> anyway, that's totally 22 long balls, accurate long balls from the midfield. So it's just, I, I think spreading the play is one thing that really got to this Atletico Madrid side. Having a handle on the ball after 90 minutes, 66% possession against Atletico. In the opening 20 minutes or so, it, it seemed like both teams were pretty comfortable with letting the other bring the game to them. But as the time continued to tick on, Real Madrid just seemed to be more comfortable in their boots and just just had fun with it. I think that's a big thing. Is yeah, really, definitely. The, the definitely. chemistry and the cohesion, like it looked like they were having fun out there. Yeah, the, again, the only we were sort of discussing negatives in the game just before we sort of started recording. I couldn't think of any uh, besides you know the Griezmann goal where they sort of had a very momentary switch up, but. 
outside of that, there wasn't any moments where I was sort of thinking, yeah, you know, what the hell are they doing? Um, and that's impressive for Real Madrid to do that. Cause usually they give you that kind of half sack at least three times a game. <laughs> well, there definitely were times, like you said, it's not easy to pick out negatives for this game, but there definitely were situations and scenarios where Real Madrid did seem a little bit broken in the back and it seemed like they were going to, they were going to push through. So if there is one thing that, I mean, there's always things that need to be improved, but one thing that does need to improve, especially in the match coming up against Ajax uh, on Wednesday next week in the Champions League, is just making sure the D is just a little bit tighter. I think that would be my one complaint if I really had to nitpick at this performance and and just have one for the sake of having one. Yeah, no, I did for a little bit. I don't think there was anything majorly glaring in this game, really, to be majorly concerned about. Um, I, the, the thing I liked the most in this performance was that every time a player lost a the ball, there were just literally three players ready to hound the Atletico player that had just won the ball back. That, uh, you, that was really impressive. That impressed me the entire game. Every time somebody lost the ball, three players were immediately on that man. And I, I said it even in our halftime on Periscope. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we have been doing that on Twitter. And Hassan and I have put together what we think is a pretty decent live tweeting effort. So if there is something that you'd like to see us cover during a game or during a match, do let us know. Well, one thing I did say was, and people asked who should be the substitutions for the second half. And Luka Modric was my one of my substitutions at 33. I wasn't expecting him to go you know, all 90 minutes. And just like you said... They lost possession and three players were going for the ball. That high octane, you know, efficiency and just tenacity that they had was so like, even if you're watching on the other side of the world, like I was through a television, you felt the energy like right through it. Just watching them buzzing around. It's like everyone took a little piece out of Lucas Vasquez today and just said, I'm going to try and emulate that as best as I can. Yeah, they're all running around like determined sperms. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Just everybody was running like an absolute mad dog. I swear only British people can have such great analogies. I will ah. never <laughs> It's that British wit. <laughs> I guess it is. Um, outside of like the big guns, I think one person who had a wicked game, uh, you know, in my eyes was Sergio Reguilon. The kid played so phenomenal. Marcelo got the start against Barcelona, and then it just wasn't a good game. Uh, we were quite critical of him. Of course, that was where that goal from Arthur came because he was just, I don't know what he was doing. Was it Arthur or Malcolm? I think it was Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah, from Malcolm. Nonetheless, still the same side of the pitch. Uh, and you could just watch him jogging back on the replay and just thinking, what the hell are you doing right now? But Reguilon, what a kid. What a kid. Yeah. He got the living shit kicked out of him in this game as well. He was fouled six times. I was just looking for that. The kid got battered. Him and Carval got literally, they had seven shades of shit kicked out of them. They're probably black and blue by the end of that game. With the amount of sort of kicks. Four times in that match. Yeah, 10 fouls between the two. That's that's a pretty heavy amount. I'm pretty sure Atletico had 11 fouls altogether in this game. They had 28 tackles altogether. So if you think about it, just the tackles on regular and Carvajal equate for nearly half of that alone, nearly. Yeah, so 21 fouls on Atleti. So that's, that's shocking. That is literally shocking. Half of that, basically. Well, most of that came on freaking those two. 
um, there was a one a one foul from I think it was Thomas Partey where he like sort of took regular out. I don't know how many people heard it on the on the broadcast, but he was literally screaming. Yeah, I I didn't hear that, but you could tell like the kid was an agonizing pain. Yeah, the recovery after that's going to be pretty brutal. But um, you know, fair play, he got up and he carried on. And he put in, you know, he put in a shift. Um, and at the end of the day, he's keeping out Marcelo at the team now. The thing I want to commend on Solari's half is he probably clearly looked at Marcelo's performance and listened to, you know, what was going on in the media. But maybe who knows? Um, and saw okay, yeah, a lot of people say Marcelo was bad. He's probably watched the performance back. Yeah, Marcelo was not very good, and he's adjusted that and gone with Regulon in this game and been rewarded for it. Well, it, it proved pivotal. Like you said, I, I think people may misconstrue us praising these youngsters, but if you really like watch the game and don't just look at the stats, like you can clearly see it's evident, irrespective, of, again, of who you support, that you know him, amongst some of the other young kids on this team, are just killing it. Like At 22, to come into a Madrid derby, you know there's the opportunity to jump ahead in points, to get second place. The season hasn't been pressure's great. pressure's huge. Yeah, the pressure's immense. It's massive. You're playing at the wand on top of that. And, like, to just take it on the chin, this kid just got wrecked tackle after tackle. Six tackles. Fouled six times in a game. That's, what, a tackle every 12 to 13 minutes? Like, that's nuts. And to keep your composure and keep going, granted, he did, you know, lash out at one point. I think it was on Griezmann. But yeah, like, yeah, he got a yellow for it as well. But he knew he'd, he'd made a mistake. So he, didn't, he didn't complain to the ref. He sort of patted him on the back and said, yeah, fair enough, you got me. Exactly. I mean, there's not much you can you can say in a negative aspect to him. Uh, this was a game of returns for two people. So you see former Atleti goalkeeper Thibaut Courtois starting in net for Real Madrid. And then you have former Real Madrid striker Alvaro Morata starting for Atletico Madrid. Uh, let's go away with the other guy before we tackle ours. What did you think of Alvaro? Because we talked about this again. Uh, we had a we always have our little pre-discussion before we start recording, so we can try and get as many profanities out beforehand. <laughs> uh, but what did you think of that game for him? I enjoyed every single minute of his misery, every <laughs> single minute of it. I enjoyed every every time he got crunched in his tackle. I enjoyed. Every miss he made, every sort of unsuccessful touch. I especially enjoyed it when he fell over in the box, handballed the ball, and tried to make it out like he won a penalty. Oh no, my! Not God. today, Sonny. And then when he celebrated his offside goal, I was like, "You are despicable. It, you it's are like, despicable." You know, a lot of times players get ripped for celebrating in front of their old teams, and sometimes you think it's warranted. But then you have a player like Morata who. Once he left Juvenile from U17 all the way forward, spent his time at Real Madrid, he was with Madrid, then went to Juve, they brought him back, had another great stint, and then he went to Chelsea. Of course, then he made his way on loan to Atletico, but it's just odd to me how you can express so much enthusiasm and compassion for Real Madrid while you're with them, and the first chance you get, just a couple seasons later, you score against them, and you're just you know, screaming at the top of your lungs as if you've just hoisted the World Cup. Um, I'm usually not one who's sensitive with things like that. For me, unless you're a Ronaldo or a Messi or Ramos, someone influential, someone who's been with the club for 
over a decade players like that sure that would get me uh but i think like you said it was just it was kind of disgusting to to see that and also him trying to you know pull out some of his acting lessons draw a penalty uh and then on the touchline ramos felt him get up too close to him and i mean it is a bit of a cheeky move to just fall to the ground and go down a little too easily, but he picked up the yellow card, and then you can see... Ramos knew what he was doing. Yeah. You can see by the smirk on his face afterwards, he knew what he was doing. Exactly. It's kind of like, son, you really want to... Like, that that bullshit school that you're in right now, like, I'm the principal of that school. Like, (laughs) I run that school. I'm the headmaster there. You know what I mean? It was just... (laughs) It was a little stupid. But anyway, on to Thibaut Courtois. Uh, I mean... He definitely kept Madrid into this in this game, like no doubt without it. There were some great, uh, great opportunities by Atletico to draw the game to go up in this game. Uh, like that goal that he conceded against Griezmann, fair play to him. I mean, he came out as fast as he could, tried closing down all the angles. Unfortunately, he forgot the one between his legs, and the ball slipped right under. But that was more a lapse in defense than it was his fault. Yeah, the thing that triggers me is I've seen a few people going out there and saying, well, Navas would have saved that. Literally, a couple of weeks ago when Navas played against, I think it was Betis, I can't remember who it was now. He got nutmegged in that game. Not a word was said about it. Not a word. As soon as Courtois gets nutmegged in one game, yeah, but Navas would have saved that. I'm not dissing on Navas exactly, but... Drop the agenda at the end of the day. He's got the most clean, third most clean sheets in the league right now. And then, you know, the people are pulling out the stats saying, yeah, but he's conceded more goals in this many games. Let's let's contextualise that. Look at the opponents that Navas has come up against compared to who Courtois has come up against. It's not a fair comparison to make. If Navas had played more games and the, and the sample size was bigger and the opponents were slightly more credible, then you could say, yeah, fair enough. But... You can't you can't dish on him for that goal at all. At the end of the day, he shouldn't have been put in that position in the first place, to be honest. But yeah, hey ho, what it is, what it is. Well, just piggybacking off of your personal rant, I think well, what a lot of people are doing is they're making comparisons in hypothetical worlds and alternate universes. Someone said in in the halftime on Periscope, "Well, uh, Modric looks dead. He hasn't played a good match. Should Danny Ceballos have started ahead of him?" And yeah, there are ways that you can assess that question after 90 minutes um but then again and i'm not discounting what sabalos has done he's been he's had some really good games but could he have that kind of a game with this kind of again like we said this kind of pressure you know what this game means what the the potential outcome of this match if you have a good result like could he withstand that again the assist that Luka Modric had to Gareth Bale to kind of put the... Oh, yeah, I was literally just about to mention that. You know, Um, like, you could have so many what if and how come and, you know, this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, Solari played the 11 that he played. You can only criticize who is out there, but you can't criticize them against things that are impossible. Or haven't happened. It's, you know, okay, you can say in the heat of the moment, completely understand that. But then if you come back to it at the end of the game, you're still saying the same thing. I think you're a moron. Um, at the end of the day, yeah, okay, you could you could say he looked dead at half-time in the heat at the moment. But if you came back to it in 90 minutes and said, yeah, he was still terrible, I don't think so. He had 91% passing accuracy. It was the highest on the team. And I think he completed the most passes on the team as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he did. Um, as well as getting the assists. So 
there's no grounds really to have taken him off. He wasn't playing badly. He didn't give the ball away exactly any big moments like that. So what's what's to hate on? I don't get it. Well, I uh, I don't know what to tell you. I think haters will always keep on hating. Um, another interesting thing that we had mentioned is off of footy stats, we took a look. 73% of the matches Atletico has played at home have resulted in clean sheets. And Real Madrid have scored in 73% of their matches away. Uh, Atletico had only conceded 14 goals against, just in general, both home and away, which is the fewest against, uh, which was the fewest in La Liga. There was only one other team, and I believe it was Getafe, that have conceded fewer than 20 goals thus far this season. Today, Real Madrid put three past Old Black. I think Old Black has had three clean sheets as well at home. So, it was just like it was just such a big balls kind of game. Like the you could just read through the stats all night long and just look at how great this this performance was. Yeah, it was again. It was just it was a complete performance, um, and there's not many negatives to to pull from it. It's definitely starting to I'd say it's starting to click under Solari now. Maybe it's a combination of that and the players starting to find their form. You know, as we were saying before, we started started recording. It's sort of typical Madrid. Bit stuttery first half of the season, and when shit seems to get serious or they're under the cosh, um, they suddenly pick it up and find gears four, five, and six, sometimes even seven. Um, so it's it's it really is one of those. The performance was just it was it was solid all around. I mean, I'm struggling to really even try and find a hole to pick in it just to just to give a sort of three stars and a wish kind of thing. Um, it was just a solid all-round performance, and credit to Solari for his selection and his tactics. At the end of the day, he got he got it spot on for his second big game in a row, basically. Well, now looking forward, because uh, I don't I don't think people want to hear us ramble on about how good this team <laughs> was for half an hour. Uh, looking forward, there is another big game, three big games in a row: a Clasico, a Derby, and then the first leg of the round of sixteen. Uh, against Ajax, we will try to do another podcast just before that game, kind of assessing it because Hassan and I have been doing a bit of research on Ajax in the past couple of days and definitely want to share that with you. But anyway, what do you think is going to be your one key thing to bring into that match against Ajax and also one key thing that needs to be fixed in preparation for Ajax? Keeping a level head against Ajax is the most important thing, not getting arrogant in it, in that sense. Obviously, we've seen Ajax lose a game recently to Feyenoord where they lost 6-2. So I don't really want to see Madrid go into that game thinking, well, if Feyenoord could score, if Feyenoord could score six against these guys, then you know, we'll score 10, whatever. Um, that's the main thing, really, not to go in there and get cocky. Keep keep a level head and don't underestimate. They're still danger men in that team. Um you know, they held Bayern twice in the group stage, which is no no mean feat by any stretch of the means. So, yeah, that's the main thing I'd say going into that, is, is that and just hoping people stay fit and don't get injured in the game, really. That's my other main concern, is keeping players fit during this run. Well, my, uh, my pro tip, pro tip, I say, as if I'm a pro, my tip going <laughs> the game against Ajax was one of the... Uh, my keys to the match, at least for this game against Atletico Madrid. Uh, again, I pointed this out earlier. Atletico Madrid have yet to concede a goal in the opening half hour of a match 
at the Wanda. Today was the first time they conceded a goal in the opening 30 minutes of a game at home. Um, and I said in my article, I'm pretty sure if that happens, you will shock Athletic Go. They'll shake in their boots a little bit, and it's going to throw them off their game. I'm not saying that is the biggest reason as to why Real Madrid won this match, but I definitely think it attributes to the success of today's match. I think if you can do the same thing against Ajax, if you get on the front foot quickly and early, even if it'll you deflate them, yeah, I see what yeah. you're saying. It basically deflates the team. Exactly. Even if you don't score in that first hour, if you can have you know three, four, maybe even five shots and two or three on target that really test their keeper, I think it's really going to have them you know thinking twice about pushing forward against this team, knowing how high octane and how proudful Real Madrid have been. The one thing I would say that needs to be fixed, like I mentioned earlier, would just be keeping the back line a little bit tighter. I don't know way too much about Ajax, but the team has some pretty decent pace, and I don't want to see people <laughs> bursting through the back line uh, just having a field day against whoever Solari decides to elect for uh, the starting position and goal. So, Speaking of Ajax, they're currently losing... Uh... Away, away from, away from home to Heracles. I can't pronounce it. Heracles. I can't. I have no idea what that says. Uh, so it's a Dutch name. I'm not very good with that. It's okay. I don't think I am either. Heracles. Yeah, no. They're currently like... losing at home. Yeah. Not home away, and they've had 22 shots in that game. So clearly, they're quite wasteful by the looks of it as well. Um. So again, like oh, they dominated this game. 22 shots to eight. <laughs> Two on target, 64-36 possession split, 513 to 284 in passes, and passes with about 18% accuracy better. Wow, I didn't know they went top of the table. That's interesting. Wow. I don't even know what to say. Five points behind. Thank you. Thank you for that, sir. Wow, that's, yeah, that's, that's that was. Interesting. I just thought I'd quickly Google see what their form guard was like, and I just realized they were playing right now and losing, ironically. Yeah, and they're five, like you said, five points behind PSV Eidenhoven. Of course, Real Madrid are also five points behind Barcelona now as they jump into second place. Yeah, but that could all change by the end of the weekend because Barcelona has their match to play. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much. There you have it Real Madrid defeating Atletico in the second and final derby of the season. 3-1 at the Wanda. The next game, of course, will be on Wednesday against Ajax. Hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And as always, Hala Madrid.